0: Praise the Lord, you are destined to win. God spoke to me in August of 1980 and said, To proclaim the Word of Faith, be a showcase of ministries, and train people to fulfill the Word of God. The message that you're about to hear was recorded in a live meeting where the Lord used me to teach the uncompromising Word of Faith. So open your heart to receive the ministry of the Word of God today, and you will be changed, empowered, and motivated. To fulfill the word of God in your life. Well, praise the Lord! Today, I want to pick up with a topic that I believe will be a blessing to you. I think any time we get into the word of God, it's a blessing. But this is something that I've been meditating on. I've been thinking about. And I want to share it with you. Uh, it's based on thing. You know, let me just digress just a bit here and and uh, and give you a little insight anything you hear has the potential of going down into your spirit and that can be good and that can be bad because you can hear something that's negative and hurtful and it can go down in your spirit and hurt you but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God Romans 10:17 so and Jesus said take heed what you hear he also said take heed how you hear now it's important to take heed how you hear because you hear things all day long good bad and different but it's how you hear it are you listening for something that may key you in a different direction or or maybe give you a truth or maybe allow God to speak to you about those things very often, and this is what I wanted to share with you as a little bit of a rabbit trail before we get started. Very often, I'll hear something, uh, just a little snippet of something that will get down in my spirit, and then I'll start meditating on it, and I'll start comparing it against Scripture. And that's how you take heed how you hear, because you can hear things, and even if they're not accurate, they're not correct, you can compare it to Scripture, and then you'll learn something about that subject, whatever it is that you heard, because you're you're getting into the Word of God based on what you heard now, I'm not saying you should go around and hear a bunch of junk and then try to learn from that. You ought to always be taking heed what you hear, and that way whatever's coming in is going to be a blessing and not be a detriment, but sometimes you're in the situation. Where you have to take heed how you hear. You hear something and it may not be accurate and so you counter that with the Word of God. You receive blessing from the Word, not from what it is that you heard. You see what I'm saying? Alright, well anyway, I was listening to a radio program and I heard a little something that somebody said and it was good. It was, it was sound. It was scriptural. But I never quite thought of it just quite in the way that this guy said it on the radio. And so it was a blessing to me to meditate on that. And it got me into a little bit of a study that uh, led to this teaching that I'm sharing with you now. And that is, and this is the topic for this teaching, Jesus Christ, liar or Lord? He has to be one or the other. He is either one of the greatest liars of all time, or, he must be Lord. Now, of course, I'll tell you right up front where I stand. Jesus is Lord. He is the Lord of the universe, and he's my personal, individual Lord. Amen. So, now you know where I stand. Let's find out where you stand. You say, oh, Dr. Bill, I know Jesus is Lord. Now, no, now, no, no. okay. Praise the Lord. That's great. But let's see. What you really believe about Jesus. There are a lot of people that have heard things about him. And they think he's a great man. They think he's a great teacher. They think he's a great prophet. Well, all those things are true. But he's more than that. He's Lord. He's God manifest in the flesh. The Bible's very clear about that. And we need to understand not only that the Bible teaches that that's the case but that Jesus himself knew that that is, and was, during his earthly ministry, the case. He made some amazing claims in his earthly ministry. He claimed to be the Son of God. He claimed to exist before Abraham. He claimed to be judge of all mankind. Now remember, this is only during his three and a half years of ministry on the earth that he made these claims. And the Pharisees, the scribes and the Pharisees of that time, were just, oh, man, they were beyond angry. They so much wanted to stone him and kill him because they heard him say these things and they knew the implication of what he was saying. They knew that he was claiming literally to be God. Now, that slips by a lot of people who even who have been raised as Christians. See this is the thing that that I want to get to. You may believe that Jesus is important. That Jesus is a great leader and never fully accept the ramifications of the fact that he is God manifest in human flesh. Now the Bible is very clear about that the book of John I'm talking about the gospel of John chapter 1 starts off saying in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God and then it goes on to say the word that he's talking about who is God was manifest in the flesh now Jesus, because that's who John was talking about here, this was kind of the introduction to his book, to explain that Jesus was the Word of God before the foundation of the world, and the Word of God was made manifest in the flesh. And that person, manifest in the flesh, is God, is Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible teaches that very plainly. But Jesus himself said that he was and is the Son of God. Notice what Jesus said uh, in John 5, 39. He said, you search the scriptures, talking to the scribes and Pharisees, for in them you think you have eternal life. But these are they, talking about the scriptures, these scriptures are they which testify of me. Now, he's saying that the scriptures that they were reading concerning the Messiah were testifying of him. He personally said, those scriptures are talking about me. Then verse 40 says, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. That's John 5:40. So to the scribes and Pharisees, he said, you Are gonna have to come to me to have eternal life. Now think about that. Who else but God could be saying, you scribes and Pharisees, you religious people, you are gonna have to come to me. He didn't say come to God. He didn't say come to the Father. He didn't say come to the Creator of the universe. He didn't put it off on somebody else or someone else. He said come to me. Now, remember, this is a physical man standing before them. Oh Man, you can imagine how upset they got. But, let's keep reading here. Let's go to Luke chapter 24, verse 44. He said unto them, These are the words which I spoke spoken to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. He's telling the, the disciples here. Look, all the things that are written in the Law of Moses, all the things written in the Prophets, all the things written in the Psalms concerning the Messiah are concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. And that's in Luke twenty-four, forty-four and 45. Jesus is saying that the Word of God itself, when it prophesied about the Messiah, was talking about him. He declared himself to be the very central figure of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, and he made it very clear who he was. Now let's consider something else. How many times in you know in your study of the scripture have you heard Jesus refer to himself as the Son of Man? Son of Man, Son of Man, Son of Man. What does that mean, Son of Man? Well, the Son of Man is a term in Hebrew called Ben-Adam, ben adam son of that's what ben means son of adam adam so he's saying i'm the son of adam well, what does that mean well it means he is the end result of mankind he is the descendant of mankind in other words he's affirming who he is as being made flesh but then, if you look at what the Old Testament scripture says of the Son of Man, of Ben-Adam, who remember, Jesus himself said he was, he said, I am Ben-Adam, the Son of Man. Alright, what does the Old Testament say? Daniel, chapter 7, verse 13 says, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, Ben-Adam, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days and they brought him before, brought him near before him. Then to him, Ben Adam, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. Daniel 7, 13 through 14. Now, Think about this. Jesus said, I'm the Son of Man. I'm Ben-Adam. That phrase meant something to the Jews who knew what the book of Daniel said. See, Daniel was a prophet. He wrote this down many, 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 many years before Jesus stood before the scribes and Pharisees and said, I am Ben-Adam. They knew what he was claiming. They knew that he was saying I have been given dominion and glory and a kingdom and all peoples and nations and languages will serve me. My dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and which shall never be destroyed. Can you imagine how upset they must have been with him? Who do you think you are claiming to be Ben-Adam? Now, also it says that Ben-Adam was going to descend... Coming with the clouds of heaven. That's the way the Jews expected Jesus to come. Well, that's the way He is coming in His second coming. That's what Daniel was prophesying about. When Jesus returns, He'll be returning on the clouds with literally clouds of people, believers who have gone before will be coming back with Him. Woo, if we were to pass away from this earth, if we were to go home and be with the Lord, Before Jesus returns, we're going to be in that cloud. It causes a cloud of witnesses. We're going to be in that cloud coming back with him. He's not only coming back on the clouds like the clouds of the sky. He's coming back with clouds of believers with him. Praise the Lord. Now, if we're physically here, when he comes back, we get to meet him in the air and still be part of that group. Hallelujah. (laughs) So you got it both ways, whether you go before he comes or whether you Go up and meet him in the air when he comes. That's what I'm planning to do, praise God, because I believe it's coming soon. Amen? That event is going to be here before we know it, when Jesus comes back to receive us up into heaven. Praise the Lord, and I'm looking forward to it. But this Ben-Adam that he's talking about, let's consider what he said about himself as Ben-Adam. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 6. But that you may know that the Son of Man, ben Adam. Now remember, that's who he said he was. He's pointing to himself here. He's saying that you know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Matthew 8, 6. Now, this is what I heard on the radio that got me on this study, got me thinking about this. There are a lot of people who are willing to, uh, let's put it this way, I'm just going to put it just good old country talk here, they're willing to cut slack for religions, even like Islam, and say, oh, we've got to understand what they believe. We have to cut them some slack. We have to understand these folks. Now. Never mind that their religion teaches that anybody that doesn't believe in Muhammad needs to be put to death. (laughs) We're supposed to be acceptant and including and understand them. Okay? (laughs) Seems like that's a bad thing if you're going to believe contrary to them. The only way, now I'm going to say something real tough here. The only way you can, quote, unquote, get along with that kind of teaching is to just go ahead and accept Islam and become a believer. Because that's the only way you're going to live long enough <laughs> to be there, buddy. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I know that's harsh, but I'm I'm just saying what the Quran teaches. The unbeliever is supposed to be put to death. That's the whole basis of jihad. Which is a radical, violent destruction of the unbeliever in the name of Allah. So the world is telling us we're supposed to be real easygoing and get along with people like Muslims and Islam. Yet when it comes to Christianity, well, you people, you're just you're too radical. No, 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 no. We don't have anything to do with you. We got to remove all mention of the christian judeo christian god from our government and from the public discussion we've got to remove all of that and we've got to elevate these other religions give them equal time you know give, give them some uh like i said cut them some slack because for too long we've been uh, uh accepting of christians well there's never been a time that christians were all that accepted <laughs> matter of fact it's during times of persecution that Christians grow, to be honest. So a lot of this persecution that is has come upon us in recent years, it's going to separate the sheep from the goats. It's going to be uh, basically a catalyst to the development of Christians to believe in what they truly believe, or they're going to fall to the wayside. That's sad, but it's true. Happens every time during persecution. But again, I'm digressing a bit here. The point is, there must be a difference between Christianity and its beliefs and all these other religions or why would there be separate belief systems? Now, I don't like calling Christianity a religion because a religion is man's attempt and effort to reach God. Christianity is All God's effort to reach mankind, it's all on his part. It's no works that I do that get me to heaven. It's all because of what Jesus did. So religion, by definition, is man trying to reach God. Well, Christianity was God reaching out to man. So I don't see it as a religion. I see it as a relationship with a loving Heavenly Father that provided everything for salvation, including his only begotten son. So I don't view Christianity as a religion. However, for the sake of this discussion, let's say that Christianity is a religion like Islam, like Hinduism, like all these others. What differentiates these different religions? Well, all of them have a belief system. Amen? All of them have uh, you might say rules, you might say do's and don'ts, and all of them typically have a set of um, writings, whether they are put together in a book, like the uh, the Muslims have the Quran, Christians have the Bible, Mormons have the Book of Mormon, but whether it's put into one book or a lot of different writings, there's usually a body of written information that become that religion's scriptures. Okay? You see what I'm saying? So now, just examining this, you might say, okay, well, Christianity is a religion. It has a holy book. It has a great teacher in the person of Jesus. The uh, Islamic beliefs, Muslims, they have Muhammad, a teacher, and they have... Uh, a series of writings that have been put into a book called the Quran, uh, so you could go through each one of these and you see similarity in that sense, and the world looks at those similarities and say, See all religions are alike now I'm talking from the world's perspective here that all religions are alike now the difference then has to be what those different religions say about themselves and what their leaders say about themselves. Muhammad never claimed to be God. Hindu religion, there wasn't one person who stood up and said, I am God. Jesus stood up and said, I am Ben Adam. I am the son of God. I am the one that created the heavens and the earth. Oh my, that's pretty different. Now, in a study of these comparative religions, Jesus stands apart as the one who said, I am the way. Notice the I here. How he he made it personal, talking about himself. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man comes to the Father God but through me. I, 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 me, 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 he's talking about himself. He wasn't deferring off and saying, oh, it's all God. He didn't have to. He is God. So he said, no man comes to the Father except through me. That exclusiveness, that exclusionary context is what I want to center up on here. If Jesus is the only way, then you can't say that Hinduism is okay because it's just another way. There is no other way. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus. Oh, well, I'm a Buddhist, and I believe in Zen practices, and we just get along with everyone, and and I'm okay because I believe that. Not if you want to go to heaven. It may make you uh quiet and peaceful, and you may stare at your belly button and get revelation. (laughs) Not really, but you understand what I'm saying. But that's not the point. The point is, where are you going to be eternally? The only way you're going to get where you need to be eternally and enjoy it, believe me, (laughs) is through Jesus. He's the one that said, I am the only way. Now, furthermore, again, I go back to what I was Hearing on the radio, so I ain't got there yet. <laughs> but this minister that I was listening to said, and this is what struck my thinking. If somebody commits a sin against you individually, and I, when I say sin, a wrong, something uh, that they've done you wrong, you know, the old country saying, he done, done me wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> if an individual does something to you personally, you have the power and the authority to forgive them of that wrong because it was committed against you. Now, I want you to get that. If you don't get that, you're going to miss what I'm about to say. So, run your antenna up (laughs) and listen to this. If somebody does something to you, you have the right, the power, and the authority to forgive them of that wrong because it was against you now if somebody does something wrong to somebody else you don't actually have a legal position to forgive the other person the wrong against the other person because you're not involved in that exchange you see what I'm saying That person who was wronged can forgive the other person, but you're not really in a position to forgive in that situation. Now, don't get me wrong in this sense. We should always be in a forgiving state, manner, action, but I'm talking about the actual legal, official (laughs) stance regarding somebody doing somebody wrong and, and them forgiving them. You're out of that equation, okay? That's what I'm saying. Now, sin is something done, is a wrong committed against God. That's what sin is. So the only person who can forgive you of sin committed against God is who? God himself, so when Jesus turned to a man one time and said I forgive you of your sin, the Pharisees, as the old saying goes, like to had a cow. What? <laughs> they got all bent out of shape. Why? Because the only one who can forgive is the person who was wrong, and Jesus said, I'm forgiving you of your sin which meant Jesus had to be saying, I am God. Think about that. I'd never really seen it quite in that light. I'd never seen the equation in operation here. The Pharisees understood that if you're going to forgive sin, you've got to be the one wronged. Therefore, you have to be God. And here's Jesus saying... I have power on earth to forgive sins. Now let's read that again, Matthew 8, 6. But that you may know that the Son of Man, Ben-Adam, Jesus talking about himself, has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, Rise, take up your bed, and go to your house. He said, I have the power on earth to forgive sins. How? Because he's saying, I'm God. That makes Jesus different than any other, quote, great teacher. Or other religion. We're not talking religion here. We're talking Jesus. God manifest in the flesh. And then speaking of himself. Now, let's go to Matthew thirteen forty-one. The son of man, Ben-Adam, will send out his angels. Whose angels? His angels. And they will gather out of the kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. The Son of Man, Jesus said of himself, will send out his angels. Well, who could send out angels? God. Let's go to Matthew 16, 28. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the Son of Man, talking about himself, coming in his kingdom. See, all of these cases where Jesus said, That he's the son of man. Son of man. All of these places where he's talking about himself being Ben-Adam. I'm going to go down to... um, Let's see. Let's look at John 5, verse 26. For as the father has life in himself, so he is granted the son to have life in himself and is given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man ben adam now we've seen that the son let's see just quickly let's see what the bible says about ben adam the son of man he has the power to forgive sins he has command over the angels he sits on the throne as a judge He'll appear in the clouds with great glory and power. He'll judge the nations. He'll execute judgment. And he'll give eternal life. Woo! Who could do those things? Nobody but God. Nobody but God. Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. Amen. And that makes him Different than any other leader of any other religion. Now, I know I'm speaking to the choir here. You're saying, well, yeah, 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 Jesus is God, I understand it. Yeah, but think about the implications. Think about what that means. And also think about this. If Jesus isn't God manifest in the flesh, if he isn't Lord, he's got to be the greatest liar that ever lived. Because he claimed to be Ben-Adam. He claimed to be, he said, I am Ben-Adam. He said, I am the one who comes in the clouds of glory. I am the one who has dominion. I am the one who has life in himself. I am the son of man. I am the son of God. He made all those statements about himself. He was either completely deluded, out of his mind lunatic, or a liar, or he is and was who he said he was, and that is Lord of the universe, creator of the universe, God himself. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty seven, 27, all things have been delivered to me by my father. Notice he's calling himself son of the father, God. They've been delivered to me by my father, and no one knows the son except the father, nor does anyone know the father except the son and the one to whom the son wills to reveal him now think about what he's saying is he has unique knowledge of God he as the son of God is uniquely qualified to reveal God to mankind that's why he came in the manner that he did Jesus Jesus Is God manifest in the flesh? I want to keep driving that home because that's the important thing that you got to see. Now here's the final kicker on this. This is the one that the scribes and the Pharisees, once they heard this, man, they were, (laughs) they were ready to kill him any way possible. They attempted to stone him several times and he just walked through the crowd and was, was free. Amen. They wanted to kill him. But look at what he said in John 8, 56. Jesus said to them, most assuredly. He put emphasis on it. Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, when Moses spoke to the burning bush, and he asked that burning bush, because he knew that was God, he'd taken off. The shoes off of his feet, cause he knew he was standing on holy ground. And he's speaking to the bush and he says, who, who shall I say sent me? Cause see, the Jews didn't know the name of God, his personal name. They called him a lot of things, but they, you know, they didn't know his personal name. So he figures, I'm going to need to ask, who shall I say is sending him? And so God says, you tell them I am that I am sent you the term I am is where we get the word Yahweh in the Hebrew which is transliterated Jehovah that name means I am the pre-existing self-existing God I am that I am nobody created me Nobody started this universe other than me. I am the God of the universe. I am the only God. I am that I am. So here's Jesus, and here's the Pharisees, and they hear him say, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Oh my goodness, it was on they got so mad the very next verse says then they took up stones to throw at him but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by supernaturally got away but immediately they took up stones why because he said I am that I am I am God Woo! now let's go back to Exodus 3 Moses said to God, Indeed, when the children of Israel shall uh, say to them, The God of your fathers has sent to you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am that I am, or I am who I am. And he said, Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So this is the point at which Jesus made it very clear. Most assuredly, I'm telling you, I am. Wow. No other religious leader has stood in this position and authoritatively said, I am the creator of the universe, but Jesus. Not with authority, not with power, not with the backing of all the miracles and the supernatural that occurred to back it up. Oh, there's been lunatics and crazy people who said I'm God. But... (laughs) It's obvious that they were just demon-possessed, crazy, whatever. Jesus is the one that turned wine to water. Jesus is the one who fed the 5,000 plus. Jesus is the one that raised the dead. Jesus is the one that himself was killed and was buried and was raised literally, physically from the dead. Jesus is uniquely God. John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, believe in me as God. Whew, amen. His absolute claims of deity is what we're looking at here. John 14, same chapter, but in verse 8, he says, Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. It's a us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long wi- with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? He's saying, I am that I am. I am the Father God. Woo! Jesus is God. Amen. Once you settle that truth in your mind, once and for all, and understand that Jesus is God, the God that created the universe, then you understand why all of these other belief systems are just blips. (laughs) They're nowhere near what Christianity is. Now the world, right now, is in the process of attacking Christianity. And you're going to see it. You're going to see more of that kind of thing. But, here's what you got to realize. The difference between Christianity and other belief systems is not just night and day. It's not just miles ahead. It's literally the difference between the truth and lies. Because there is no way to the Father except through the Lord Jesus Christ. Every other quote-unquote religion is just a waste of time. It's useless Oh, but Dr. Bill, don't you think there's a lot of great teachings among all the other religions? Anything they had to say did not originate from God. Anything they had to say did not originate from truth. If they have anything, if you do a study, a true study of comparative religions, you'll find that there are certain things that different religions teach that are similar to what the Bible teaches. You know, Jesus saying, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The golden rule, as it's called. There's a similar thought like that in a lot of different religions. But it's just a a pale shadow of the real truth that Jesus taught. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The Bible is the truth. Here's the other thing that we need to say definitively. The Bible is the word of God and nothing else. The Bible is the truth of God and nothing else. The Bible is right and nothing else is. You say, Dr. Bill, that's awful harsh. No, but it's the truth. The Bible, Jesus said, thy word is truth. Truth. The Bible was given to us as the absolute truth of God. If the Bible says it, that's just the way it is. Period. Now, there's a lot of people, again, in the world, that are casting aspersions on Christianity. How can you believe that old book? It's full of contradictions. No, it's not. There's not one single contradiction. Oh, but Dr. Bill, I can prove it to you. How can you claim to have a doctorate in theology and not know the Bible's full of contradictions? Not one contradiction. I double dog, triple dog dare you to show me a contradiction. Well, I can show you several. All you're gonna show me is your ignorance of the Bible. How dare you say that? Because I have the authority of the Bible that it is within itself consistent. I can look at anything the Bible says and I can see within the Bible explanation of what it's saying. Let me give you an example. There's a verse in the Bible that says God gives and God takes away. There's a lot of songs out there, matter of fact some very popular current songs in Christian in the Christian world It talks about the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Did you know that is in the Bible? Absolutely, that is in the Bible. It's in the book of Job. But do you know that when Job said that, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, he was totally 100% wrong. Now, the Bible accurately reported that Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. That's absolutely accurate. But that's not the truth. They say, now now, now hold on, Dr. Bill, you're being selective here. How can you say? How can you say so definitively that the Lord doesn't give and take away? Well, he does give. He is the giver. He is the absolute example of giving. But he doesn't take away. He is not the stealer. He's not the destroyer. Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. He's saying Satan's the one that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He's the one that comes to take away. God is the giver of life and that more abundantly. Yeah, but Job said... See, you just clarified it right there. Job said the Lord gives and takes away. Later on in the book of Job, the Lord speaks to Job and says, you have spoken wrongly of me. Now, did the Bible accurately report what Job said? Yes. 100% accurate. Was what Job said in that instance correct? No. It was 100%, well, at least 50% wrong. <laughs> He was the one who gives, but he's not the one who takes away. So we'll give him 50%. That's still not a passing grade. (laughs) 70% is your passing grade. (laughs) So he still failed (laughs) with regard to the truth of the Word of God. But the Bible accurately reported it. There's a lot of things the Bible says in that it's printed in there. But you got to understand who said it. What was the context? What do the original languages say? you got to do some study. You can say that the Bible says that Judas went and hung himself, and then go find another scripture that says, and whatsoever uh, it says you should go and do quickly, do thou likewise, and think you're supposed to go out and hang yourself. No, 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 no. See, you're taking things that are written in the Bible and taking them out of context. I'm talking about taking the Bible as it is written, in the original languages, in context, with understanding what it says, there is no contradiction. Now, I talked to a guy one time and made that statement. He thought I was completely out of a mind. <laughs> he said, I know the Bible's full of contradictions. I said, show me one. He couldn't show me one. He said, "Well, I can't show you right offhand, but I could find out." I said, "You go, you go study, you go find it, bring it to me, and and uh, let me see it, and I'll see if it's truly a contradiction." You know, I never heard from him again, and he was bound and determined to prove me wrong. Never heard from him again. Now, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that are scribbling very quickly. Like, oh, I can do the apostrophe. You just watch. You put it in context. You go back to the original languages. You find out what God is saying in the scripture, there won't be any contradiction. The Bible is the truth. And let me put it this way. If the Bible's not the truth, if, and I'm not saying that it contains truth, I'm saying it is truth. Genesis to Revelation, including the maps. <laughs> As the old saying goes. The Bible is truth. If it's not, Then woe is us. We don't know, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're talking about. First, you have to accept the integrity of the Word of God. Once you accept, accept the integrity of the Word of God, then you read what's in there and you let it change your life. And you see that it's not religion, it's relationship. And you see that it is the only one true, correct, right way to the Father. And there is no other. So you're wasting your time on anything else. I tell you, it, it it hurts to hear of people who became Christians, turned to the Lord, received him as Lord, believed God raised him from the dead, were truly changed and converted, understood the things of the Word of God, and then hear that years and years and years later, they've turned from Believing what the Bible says, and now they're just talking Eastern religion and weird junk. Oh, that just hurts. Because they've left the truth to follow a lie. They've left the truth to follow a lie. And it says that in these last days, that unless these days were cut short, even the elect would be deceived. And as a teacher in the body of Christ. That's why I'm so adamant, so insistent that you personally make a stand, that you personally decide, is Jesus Lord or is he the greatest liar that ever lived? He's got to be one or the other. And you need to decide that he's Lord. You need to decide that the Word of God is absolute truth. You need to stake your stake in the ground that if anybody has anything to say about Bill Bailey, it's that he's a believer in the Word of God. He's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a Christian through and through, and he does not dare affiliation with anything else. Period. End of discussion. That's simply the way it is you need to have that confession and that set of you and i tell you what i have been blessed a lot recently to have people who thought they were insulting me by saying who do you think you are believing what you believe getting bent out of shape because i'm i dare to believe the bible is 100% true i dare to believe that jesus is god himself i dare to stand right in their face unblinkingly, look at them straight in the eye, and say that Jesus Christ is Lord. I've essentially had people say, you're marked. You know that, don't you? People know you're a nut. They know you're a fanatic. Glory to God in the highest that they believe that and they say that to me. That's the way you've got to become that's none of this mealy mouth. well, you know, we just all ought to get along no now I understand where some of that's coming from. I'm not going to go and just you know wield a sword and say, "Believe God or die. That's what it Muslims do. No, no no, we show the love of God, we show forth the forgiveness. Of God to the world. We love them, but we never back down. Do you understand, believers? We never back down. We stand there with our backbones ramrod straight, radiating the love of God and the forgiveness of God to them, but we are, as the scripture says, our face was set like flint. We will not move away from believing the lord jesus christ god the father the holy ghost the move of the holy ghost and the flow of the anointing and the power that's in the word of god spoken out of our mouth period that's the way we got to be because jesus is either a liar or he's lord and i declare That he is Lord, the very creator of the universe. And you need to make that personal commitment. And if you've never made that personal commitment as you listen to this message today, you need to pray along these lines. Pray with me right now. God, I come to you according to your word, and I believe that Jesus is the Son of God manifest in the flesh. I believe that Jesus went to the cross, bore our sin, sickness, and disease, was buried, and then was raised from the dead to our justification. I believe Jesus is Lord. I confess him as Lord. I believe he's been raised from the dead. And now, Father God, according to Romans Chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10. I know that I am saved. For it says, What saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. So, Father, I thank you now that I'm saved, and I thank you that I'm born again, and I thank you for making that possible through your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Welcome to the family of God, if you prayed that prayer, and now make your stand to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Get into a good Bible-believing church that really believes the whole Bible, not just a passing glance at it, but gets down into the depth of it, finds you a church that preaches the uncompromising word of faith. And if you don't know one, you write me at drbill, D-R-B-I-L-L, at WFM.org, and I'll find one close to you, if at all possible, and get back to you on that. It's that important. Where you go to church is a matter of life and death. Because that's where you're going to get trained up to understand the Word of God in its completeness, in its entirety. The full gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God. Well, I trust you've enjoyed this message today. And I encourage you to get into other messages as we continue to fulfill the Word of God. I trust that you receive from the ministry of the Word of God today if you'd like to contact me, you may write me at Dr. Bill Bailey, Word of Faith Ministries, P.O. Box 5213-5213, High Point, North Carolina, 27262. Or you may email me at this address, Dr. Bill D-R-B-I-L-L, at wofm.org. If God speaks to your heart about supporting our ministry financially, or you would like to receive more teaching messages from the Word of God, check out our website at www.wofm.org. I believe and agree with you for the full 100-fold return on your giving. I also believe and know that God is richly blessing you and your family every day in every way. Praise God you are blessed and highly favored.